me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I am your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. On this episode, I am joined by the legendary David Ellefson. Now, full disclosure, this episode really does not have all that much to do with Metallica. I know, I know. This is a Metallica podcast. But this interview was originally conducted for Metal Talk TV on MetalTalk.net. And so our focus simply was not about Metallica. But we do cover a lot in the short amount of time we had together. We talk about the upcoming covers album from a solo band, Ellefson, the new Megadeth record, the passing of Eddie Van Halen, and so much more. The reason I'm including it on Metallica is because I feel like there is a lot of crossover here, seeing how he is a founding member of one of the big four bands. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you appreciate it for what it is. And I promise you this. There is a lot of Metallica talk on the way with a brand new episode coming at you next Monday and next Friday, October 23rd, Metallicast live stream. That is right. Metallicast live is returning. So next week you're going to get double the Metallica talk from Metallicast. Follow Metallicast on social media at Metallicast spot on Facebook Twitter, and Instagram, and tune in to the episode next Monday for all your live stream information and details. But right now, here is my conversation with the legendary David Ellison. Hey everybody, my name is Brandon and welcome to Metal Talk TV as the basis and founding member, one of the founding members of Megadeth. My guest today is a true legend in heavy metal. Now, in addition to Megadeth, he is leading his own band called Ellefson. Their next project, a covers album titled No Cover, is out worldwide on November 20th. Please welcome to Metal Talk TV, David Ellefson. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. It's a real pleasure to get to speak to you. I'm a big fan. I'm a bass player myself. So hearing you on all those Megadeth albums growing up was a big inspiration for me. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's the least I could do. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of influences, I know uh, yesterday we got... uh, you know, horrible news about the passing of Eddie Van Halen. I know he was a big influence on you as he was for most. Right. Um, just wanted to kind of get your thoughts and how you were feeling and how he has influenced you as a musician. Sure. Well, it was interesting. We were literally boarding the Mega Cruise a year ago in October. And um, the you know, David Lee Roth had put something out. He said, Meg, uh, he said Van Halen is done. And then right after that, a press release came out about Eddie um, undergoing throat cancer treatments. And of course, that hit pretty close to home for us because Dave Mustaine had just gone through his own treatments and and had come out of it successfully. He was not able to be on the cruise because 
it, it wasn't ready yet to be around, you know, people and, and all of that. Thank goodness. I mean, who knew coronavirus and all this stuff might be circling the earth at that sure. same time too. Yeah. So, so it, it obviously hit a chord in me. Um, and it's uh, by the tone of the, I remember the article, it did not sound very favorable, you know? So when the news hit yesterday, um, you know, it, 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 it's shocking regardless, even though you, you know, I kind of had the sense it was probably going to be kind of heavy. Uh, when the moment of impact hits, it's just, it's, it's just so shocking, you know? And of course my phone was blown up. Um, ironically, I, I literally within 15 minutes of the announcement coming out, I was actually scheduled to do a, a, a design call with Jackson guitars um, and they're right up the street from me. They're 15 minutes from me uh, up here and they manufacture all the EVH products. Um, right. So I knew I was like, okay, that meeting's not going to happen. And I, you know, kind of reschedule uh, email notification. And, you know, so those are the first people I reached to was just, you know, condolences to them because they worked with Eddie and his team, obviously right. very closely. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of six degrees of separation, you know, um, it was interesting, Metal Allegiance, you know, we did uh, about three, four years ago, we, we actually set out to do, we were kind of theming our shows, and one of them, we did the whole uh, Van Halen album, the first album in its entirety. We did awesome. it at, at it's for during Nam. we did it out at the House of Blues in Anaheim, and then yeah. for, from there, we went right out to uh, do the Shiprock Cruise. And it's funny because on the Shiprock cruise, uh, Mark Tremonti was on there and Wolfgang Van Halen was playing bass for him. So awesome. a lot of the guys in Metal Legion's knew Wolfie, so uh, I had not met him yet. So um, there was a crowning moment where me and Wolfie and Frank Bello are up in the chapel of the ship going over the lyrics for Running with the Devil, uh, you know, which I thought was... <laughs> kind of rock and roll ironic, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, it was really great to meet him and he's just such a sweet and lovely guy. And his post yesterday, you know, it was just heartbreaking, you know, this yeah. is his father and, you know, there's a, you know, as much as Eddie's this legend to all of us, you know, there's, there's a, a you know, obviously there's a, you could, you could sense a real humanity with him, you know, which, and mm -hmm. it's kind of nice later in life when your heroes also kind of become your, like you can sense a humanity with them, you know, totally. I think that's, that's a, that's an admirable thing. And I think we all sense that with, with Eddie. Um, I mean, look, as far as his influence, I was just chatting with my friend, Greg Handovit on text and we grew up together. He's also on the Ellison no cover record. He plays and sings on, uh, Love Me Like a Reptile, our Motorhead <laughs> cover. Awesome. Yeah. Um, cause we used to play that as, as kids growing up in cover bands, <laughs> but, um, we were just chatting and about, you know, the needle drop on, you know, when you heard the siren straight into the opening bass riff of running with the devil. And I mean, come on, I get goosebumps thinking yeah. about it. Just how, and, and you know, I had just gone through my, my kiss phase, you know, so from about say 11 to 13, I was in this big kiss, you know, there were no other bands, but kiss, you know, and then I kind of <laughs> went through that. And then that Van Halen record came out. And it was ironic that Gene Simmons would have, have a connection to them, you know, have sure, yeah. you know, kind of helped discover them in Hollywood. But, uh, you know, when that record, when that thing, that needle drop is just like, I mean, top to bottom, that, that first Van Halen album is flawless. And yesterday there was a moment, uh, my son and I pulled in the garage, we were listening to Sirius XM and, and eruption into, um, you really got me was on the radio and, my phone was ringing. I said, all the world waits for this moment because it was just yeah. reliving 
at 55 years of age now, going back to literally being 13 years old when that just experiencing that moment. And that's the power of, of, of that to me, that first Van Halen record for me, it was Van Halen one and women and children are first, the women and children first. Those were the two records. And I finally saw them on the 1980 invasion, which was the women and children first tour. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, you know, for me and my generation, Van Halen were our Led Zeppelin. Um, they were the American version of Led Zeppelin. You know, they were just totally, yeah. big. They were huge. There was a fun party aspect about them, but they were just, I mean, Eddie was the new Jimmy Page and, um, you know, David Lee Roth was Robert Plant. I mean, they were, they were yeah. just, they were just the American version of that. And, right. and, you know, you forget, how, well, you don't forget cause they're, you hear their songs all the time, but it's, it hit me yesterday, just how freaking huge that band was and and will always be <laughs> you know they yeah. never like had a down cycle they were always right. massive you know yeah and, even when they yeah. switched singers and everything it, they really remained untouched and just kept on going i mean them and acdc i mean you can literally list yeah. two bands that, where like they'd had a singer change and it actually worked i mean yeah. <laughs> and um i remember you know there's bands you know, that, that have tried that and, and it usually doesn't work. I mean, you know, 99.9% of the time it doesn't work. And, and Van Halen is, I mean, they just, they were touched from the heavens, man. They just, they really had a gift and, uh, you know, um, it's so, it, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's funny as a bass player, Eddie Van Halen impacted me, you know, his guitar playing yeah. impacted me. Cause I mean, we've all done, you know, the fingerboard tapping. I right. didn't take no prisoners on the rust and peace record, you know, probably would have never done that had there not been an Eddie Van Halen, you know, totally. yeah. I, uh, one night I remember I, I was up late at night and I, and I had a Kaler tremolo bridge for a bass, which, you know, everybody was getting into the tremolos, you know, um, you know, everybody around us was getting in the Wang bar thing back. And this is like probably 1984. <clears throat> so I stayed up late at night and, you know, chiseled my freaking bass out with a hammer and a chisel. Um, <laughs> Cause I took woodworking classes on, yeah. you know, as a kid, you know, and on the farm growing up. So I was chiseling it out and I put this whammy bar on there, which didn't work at all. As soon as you hit the note, it went boom. And it, you, know, <laughs> just, just, you know, bottomed out, but like, and then, and then I had another BC Rich bass, my, my Mockingbird that my dad bought for me. It was like $950. You know, this is like 1980. So that, that was a lot of money for a bass. You know, I'd be sure, expecting yeah. four or five grand on a bass right now today, in today's market, you know? Right. And it was, and he helped me buy it because he knew I was, he knew I was serious about being a bass player. So he got behind me. But I remember we, um, I, we were in LA and me and Dave, you know, Megadeth was going and, and, and I shaved the neck down. Cause I wanted it to be thinner and flatter. Cause I remember reading how Eddie liked these really wide, but flat necks. So I tried to make my baseball bat BC rich like that. And of course I yeah. had a truss rod. And once you, you know, once you, you shave so much wood that the truss rods exposed, you've essentially ruined the neck. And because it was a right. neck through, I ruined the instrument. And, <laughs> but I mean like that kind of stuff I would have never done if it weren't for reading about Eddie doing that in guitar player magazine, you know, right, yeah, mean, he wasn't just a player. He was, you know, there's two guys who really, uh, like, not reinvented the guitar, but invented through the guitar. And Eddie was one of them because he wasn't just uh, just an amazing guitar player. He invented things through the guitar playing. You know, he had his amps modified by this guy Jose. You know, he like the amp mod that all started with mm -hmm. Eddie. You know, he totally. was the guy yeah. that started all that. And um, 
you know, so it's, it's, uh, and then Les Paul before that, you know, Les Paul, um, I got to go to his 90th birthday in New York. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, my boss at the time, Hartley Peavy, uh, owner of Peavy, um, mm-hmm. the big monu- monolith company, Peavy, he gave the, um, the, uh, sort of introductory speech to him, you know, and, and of course, Hartley was an amazing inventor and holds all these patents and has done all this stuff. And, you know, and he got to introduce Les Paul and then Les talked about how he invented the flanger and the phaser and multi-track recording. (laughs) And you're like, holy cow, I had no idea. You're just a guitar player. But he was like, Eddie, he goes, I need to do this. So I need to figure out a way to make this happen. And he would build things to make it happen. And that's what, that's what Eddie was. And, and so, you know, that's like, you know, I, I think honestly, you know, look, there's been a lot of great guitar players since, since Van Halen, of course, but he is the last of, of the great inventors with the guitar. Um, nobody has come along to do as great as Steve I and Dave Mustaine and, you know, Randy mm-hmm. Rhodes and all these guys sure. are, it's, 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 you know, they've all got their place. Obviously slash everybody in the legacy, but I mean, Eddie just did Eddie and Les Paul, man, those two guys changed what we do and how we do it. You know, probably to some degree, the fact that we're sitting on a zoom meeting, talking through microphones <laughs> yeah. was a direct result back exactly. to Les Paul. You know? <laughs> so, you know, those two guys, I mean, they, they sit in their own unique genre, yeah. you know? So, I mean, the electric guitar has been around, you know, for, you know, whatever, you know, 60, 70, 80, right. 100 years. I don't know. What more can you do with it? I don't know. I mean, no <laughs> one's really done something amazing with it since Eddie. I mean, yeah. the wang bar and the tapping and chainsawing two of them together and putting his own pickups and, you know what I mean? No one's right. done anything totally. since him, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, he's truly was an innovator and, you know, it obviously was a big influence on you. And I think what's great about uh, the upcoming album, No Cover, is that you get a chance to kind of pay tribute to a lot of the artists and songs that uh, influence you. I mean, at least that's my assumption. How did you select the artists and songs that you wanted to cover? Mm. Well, no you, cover you, you, you hit it exactly right. I, this wasn't just, hey, let's just whip out a bunch of bar standards and, you know, have a hee-haw kind of yeah. fucking record. You know, this was very much... First of all, it, it was just kind of initially sort of a thought of let's just kind of buy some time until next year when we can finally put our real uh, Ellison LP right. out of, of original music. Um, but what ended up happening <laughs> with this, like a lot of things, um, you know, the idea starts and then it just sort of runs on its own. It gets a life of its <laughs> own. And and what happened with this was it went from a handful of songs to 10 songs to 15 songs. To, <laughs> now it's 18 songs. It's a double vinyl album with four sides. And it's, <laughs> you know, it, it, it all of a sudden is like, geez, man, we like built a city over this record, you know. Um, but it, it was, I got to say, it is it was probably one of the most fun records I've ever made in my life. Um, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Because first of all the songs were already written which is beautiful but yeah. to go in and and to really like understand how each in my case each of these bass players played the parts um some of the note choices that they had um you know and of course the quality of some of the recordings like the early sweet stuff and some of that stuff you know it was it was it sounded great at the time but you know it's it's pretty archaic compared to what we sound like yeah. now and there came a de- there came a defining moment when we started mixing um, I, I had an email with me, Tom, our guitar player, Andy and Alessio up in London. Um, 
I said, listen, this, this was a special record. We can't just balls out the guitars and just be heavy, heavy, heavy. It's like this, we can't do that with this record. And first of all, I don't want my band to sound like that anyway, because I think right. it's all bands sound generic. And, um, you know, younger generations make albums in computers on Pro Tools, and it's all just, you right. know, it's, it, it's everything opposite of what Eddie Van Halen was, which is like, <laughs> yeah. let me go into the yeah. kitchen and find the perfect whatever yeah. to make this guitar. Let me make you know? this by hand. Yeah. Now everything <laughs> is what it just plug into something, hit a preset, sure, you know, yeah. gain it up and let's go. And it, and, it, and it just makes everything sound the same, you know? And, and so I said, listen, these songs, first of all, deserve the respect that that it, it we really have to find the flavor and the nuances there's a lot of vocal things going on you know between what tom's saying bumblefoot um you know there's a reason bumblefoot is the lead singer of the band asia right now because that guy stands how to and um and then of course we get you know doro and jason mcmaster and right. brandon from crowbot we got all these you know al jorgensen i said so look Amazing, we gotta yeah. really f pull the flavor of each this is a complex record it's a very deep record because it isn't just a bunch of guys coming together and half drunk doing a freaking karaoke <laughs> right. yeah. jam you know this is this is really there's a lot of detail in here so that's awesome. um, you know, the as fun as it was to record it, the mixing was was really. I really en enjoyed being really deep into this and, and listening for the details of, of you know where every kick drum hit was and moving things around right. and making sure that everything was really really dialed. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, and you mentioned you know some of the performers that are on the album, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this was done all within covid and it sounds like a very hard album to put together logistically before covid never mind with the pandemic so how how was that experience of getting all the different players together you know fortunately we had done some live streams earlier in the year for the david ellison youth music foundation and that kind of got all of us connected together um and what we right. realized is is there's a sort of panic mode like oh my god all of our tours are gone we don't know when we're going to be able to get together to record. And so there was this, this just overwhelming sense of, you know, kind of hopeless freak out, you know, of what the hell, what, what happens next? You know, it's like the sure. sky is falling, you know, I remember that same feeling when nine 11 happened because Megadeth was on tour. We were actually in Seattle and the planes hit the building that morning. The show with Live Nation was canceled that night. And then we drove over the border to Canada. I mean, that was a weird moment to leave your country. It's yeah. seemingly simple as that is just driving over the border, but you were leaving your country and planes were grounded. I mean, there was a real feeling of like, what the hell is going on? And who's oh, in I charge bet. and what's well, going to happen yeah. next? You know what I mean? So having lived through that and then now having this experience, you know, what, 20 years later, um, you know, it was, it was kind of like this one's, pretty weird because this one has affected everybody around the world right um whereas 9-11 was maybe a little more of a of a u.s thing this is everywhere um and all of us are affected um so uh, it kind of indefinitely so i think that feeling brought everybody together uh, when me and tom were just saying hey you want to throw a vocal down hey you know troy lucchetta you want to play a drum track on this Everybody was up for doing it because we all, everybody just wanted to play. You know, we just wanted to be yeah. doing something. 
And I think to bring it together with, you know, top level name people, um, it, that helps, you know, everybody likes to be hanging sort of with people of their own tribe and of their own caliber of, of, you know, of, um, you know, kind of professional aptitudes, if you will. So, um, you know, that quite honestly w- was pretty easy. You know, and, and that's, and that's a shout out to everybody who performed on the record. I mean, it was, it was, it was really, 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 a, a, a just, a, you know, again, my thanks to everybody publicly for who, who pitched in to, to help make this record happen. That's awesome. And I, uh, I was thinking, you know, talking about your influences and all these bands that you've covered. One of the bands that you cover in the album is Judas Priest. And I know, um, I believe it was in just last year in 2019, uh, mm-hmm. when you were supporting Sleeping Giants with Ellison, you had a chance to play at KK Steel Mill. Right. And you did a, a set of Judas Priest songs with KK Downing and many many other great musicians tim ripper owens and yeah. can can you share your memories of that that, that sounds sure like I, I i heard about it and i was just mad that i was not there <laughs> dude it was like it was just yesterday so i have a friend of mine here in in town his name is todd and he's a he's a builder um like a, a construction you know contractor guy so he got me reconnected with with kk um and um you know, and Ken and I always got along very well on tour. We did, you know, for about three, almost four months, we did the Judas Priest Megadeth tour. Um, they were supporting Painkiller. We were doing uh, Rust in Peace record just came out. Right. Testament was on most of those bill, uh, those shows. I think that was Souls of Black for them. Um, and so always got along great with, with KK. So it's fun to reconnect with him all these years later and uh, of course, he now retired from Judas Priest and me kind of sure, really yeah. hitting our stride with Megadeth. Um, so, um, you know, so th- that was kind of where the conversation started. It was a few years ago. And and so, you know, then this moment happened. I, I hit I hit KK on, a, on an email. I said, hey, I'm coming over to do some some solo shows in uh, Italy. And I, I'm doing some some book promotion for this new book that just came out, More Life with Death. I said, I, what is your venue all about? Because I hear you've got this KK Steel Mill. Is it the kind of thing where I could come up and do a book signing? Um, and I said, by the way, your book just came out. Do you want to should we do a signing together? You know, just kind of yeah. seeing if there's, you know, just some, you know, brotherly hang, you know? Right. And so that's where the conversation started. And, and um, you know, KK had he, had, he had just played, I think, at Bloodstock. They'd given him an award and he, he had jumped up there with Ross the Boss and played a couple songs. And other than that, KK had not really been out doing much musically and and you know my thing to kk was like look you may be you know look we all know you from judas priest but dude you're kk downing man i mean you deserve yeah. to you know and not that you're not already but i mean dude you're at the level of tony iomi and eric clapton sure. and, and i mean you are yeah. one of the the british greats you know what i mean and i totally. said look man i think you got more gas in the tank and some more music in you like let's let's do yeah. something you know so it was just kind of this you know just an encouraging conversation and and and, and, um, cause I, I, you know, I knew there was a season in the two thousands where, you know, I was away from Megadeth. We had disbanded for a couple of years and then, you know, it came, they put it back together and, and I didn't, you know, come back and play with the band for, you know, a couple for a few more years after that. So I, right. I know that feeling. And I think we kind of bonded over that, that feeling of seeing your band out doing something, you're not part of it. Um, yeah. And um, for whatever reason that is, and and so it, it was just fun to. And so we got on the phone with um, me and Ken, and, and Ripper was on the phone. And Ripper brought up, he goes, "Well, listen, if we're going to do this, why don't we call Les Binks?" 
I'm like, dude, Les Binks is, is, is still out playing. Cause I hadn't heard about him for quite a few years. Yeah. You know? And I think the last gig that he had done with them was, was when they recorded the unleashed in the East record. Um, and then there was a, a falling out, you know, of, and, right. and that was it. And I got to hear the whole backstory of what that was. <laughs> so it was really just a beautiful moment, man, where it was like, you know, old friends of, of KK and Les playing together again on stage. Um, obviously Ripper and KK, uh, you know, were in, in a, in a version of Judas Priest for a while. Right. And, and, and ironically, Judas Priest actually opened for Megadeth during that, those years. Oh, wow, yeah. Shows in Mexico. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so it was just a great moment to just, you know, I said, look, if we could just play the Unleashed in the East album, like top to bottom, I'd be good here, you know? So, but, you know, Ken wanted to play stuff and yeah. uh, Ripper had a couple things from his era, you know, and, and, and it was just, but one song we did not play was Free Will Burden, which is the track we covered on the Ellison No Cover record. Um, and Tom actually chose that one because, you know, Tom's 10 years younger than me. So we always joke. Like, I'm a 70s Kiss guy, he's 80s Kiss. And yesterday I said, well, I'm 70s Van Halen, you're probably 80s Van Halen, right? So, um, you know, and, and same thing with, with Judas Priest, you know. I'm yeah. kind of late, late 70s, early, you know, 70s, early 80s, very early 80s. And, and Tom, you know, is, of course, an, an 80s Judas Priest guy, 80s. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and you know, it's for, for painkiller. Pain I mean, if, if you're... If you're kind of in your you know mid 40s like painkiller when that record came out i mean that's just you know that's sure, yeah. the theme song for high school that record you know yeah. so so yeah it was fun to put the set together and and my my band the allison band we opened the show so i, I kind of pulled double duty that night did the did that's my awesome. show then jump changed my t-shirt and jumped up and you know <laughs> did, did, did the set with ken but it was yeah it was great man it was so it was just, i was just excited that kk downing's back on stage man I, sure, if, totally if nothing else just to have my friend kk be out there just fucking melting faces again man, yeah. come on that's the deal in addition to all this music you also have the ellison coffee company yeah uh, so what can you tell us what can you tell us about the coffee where can people get it <laughs> You know, we, uh, yeah, so elephantcoffeeco.com is where you can get all of it, um, awesome. merch and all the stuff. And actually we do have, um, we do overseas stuff as well. Um, we just put up, there's actually a Ellison Coffee Co. Europe on Instagram that we just put up today where, so we can facilitate some orders even, um, you just kind of keep pushing that out, you know, through that link as well um but yeah you know that's that's where that's where you can get um um you know get the coffee and yeah it's uh it's it's been a fun little venture in fact tom and i are actually just talking about doing a new roast um so, so we yeah we're just you know because things are they, the coffee business is doing very well right now and and um a lot of a lot of orders coming in it's very consistent great, you know yeah. we started as just a mail order go to our ellisoncoffeego.com, order a bag of coffee, and we'll ship it to you. We started there. So it's kind of cool is that despite the shutdowns and how that's yeah. affected retail, um, you know, we have our retail store up in Jackson, Minnesota. But other than that, uh, and that's part of a, of a very successful barbecue restaurant. So that helps keep the lights on and keep the doors open up there, right. which, is, which is good. Um, 
But other than that, you know, we haven't had to rely on too big of a retail footprint, you know, for the coffee companies. So it's, Great, yeah. um, it's nice that, that the, you know, again, the dot-com thing, you know, work out like Amazon. We'll just deliver the coffee to your door, you know. <laughs> and that's perfect for these times, you know. Those really people want to go out. Everybody still wants their caffeine fix, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Caffeine ain't going away, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. So I have to ask um, before we go. I mean, you have, you seem to be one of the busiest guys in metal. You, you, you have Ellison, you have the coffee company, you, you have these other projects you work on altitudes and attitudes and right. metal allegiance and whatnot. And that's all on top of Megadeth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's no secret that you guys are currently working on a new album. Do you have any news mm-hmm. you can share on, I know you might still be early on, but do you have any news you can share on like the progress of the album or what? Uh, you know, look, the, you know, look, we had the big tour with, you know, Megadeth, Lamb of God, Trivium and, and Flames. Right. And of course that all, you know, that's affected, of course, and that's now pushed back to uh, July, uh, 2021. Um, and ironically, it kind of carved a nice window for us this year to just really hunker down and focus on the album rather than trying to go in and cut tracks in between tour legs. Um right. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's in process. It's in motion. Um, I don't have a release date for it. Um, and, of course, that's now going to be somewhat subject to the touring and, and when sure. it makes the most sense to, you know, to put an album out so we can be out supporting it and, and so that that can be effective, you know. So, totally, um, yeah. yeah, so, look, it's in motion. That's all I can, t- <laughs> I can tell you that much. And it sounds great. It's heavy as hell and it's freaking awesome. rocking. So, yeah, it's good. Well, yeah. I know everybody's out there is looking forward to hearing that and hearing, you know, no cover again. The, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your take on all the covers, especially with uh, hearing about the care that you gave each track as, you know, the music mm-hmm. fan that you obviously are. And the first single is coming out soon, right? I believe it's supposed to be out today when we're recording this. But yeah, uh, yeah. We, we're actually, we were going to pop it even yesterday on uh, Nights with Alice Cooper, but obviously with Eddie passing, sure. you know, we, that, you know, that's that all respect to that and let that, let that, you know, be, you know, an honorarium for him. So yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to, um, you know, we were debating, uh, I was on a podcast yesterday, actually, ironically, and somebody brought up that Friday, October 9th, is David Ellison Day <laughs> back in Jackson, <laughs> Minnesota. And I forget about it because I guess, thank God, I'm not that vain that I sit around and go, when is, when is my day coming? You have your you countdown know? calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I don't, you know. Um, and it's good to be busy. I'm focused on yeah. other forward motion, you know. But but that with that day um, coming up, it, it could be maybe that's the bright day to put the put the new single out, you know. So yeah. um, I know I know digitally, uh, I think that single is going to be available that day anyway. So, you know, cool. as, as luck would have it, things may have kind of rearranged themselves on the calendar so that song being Al Wiederzane with Charlie Benante and uh and uh Al Jorgensen singing on it um awesome and yeah super cool so um yeah that's that'll be we'll we'll you'll know more in the next few hours probably (laughs) we're gonna do with that (laughs) awesome so no cover by Elvson out everywhere on November 20th be sure to also check out elvsoncoffeeco.com for all your for your caffeine fix, because that is not going away anywhere anytime soon. Uh, 
David, thank you so much for your time and for coming on Metal Talk TV. I love talking to you. You're welcome. Good to be here. Thanks. I want to thank David Elvison for his time, and I also want to thank MetalTalk.net for the opportunity to do this interview for Metal Talk TV. Because this interview was not originally for Metallicast, I know there was not a lot of Metallica talk, but I figured there was a lot of crossover here, seeing how Elvison is, of course, a founding member of Megadeth, one of the big four. Please also check out the upcoming covers album no cover from his solo band elfson out worldwide november 20th if you would like to check out the first single i've included a link to it in the episode description so please check that out and i promise you this all of you in the metallicast militia you are going to get a whole lot of metallica talk in the coming weeks including two new Metallicast episodes next week. There will be a brand new episode on Monday with journalist Chris Keelick. We talk a whole lot about Metallica. And next Friday, October 23rd, Metallicast Live returns to Facebook and YouTube. Tune into the episode on Monday for more details and information. Of course, you can also find more details and information on my social media at Metallicast Spot on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please download, subscribe, and leave a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All these things go a long way into helping this podcast continue to grow. If you are curious as to where you can find this show, please, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music for the first time ever, check it out at any of those places, plus anywhere else you find your podcasts, including, of course, our home site, fansonoxperts.com. Com. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, middle up your ass. Yeah! Fans not experts.